The Battle of the Labyrinth, Chapter 3. We play tag with scorpions. The next morning, there was a lot of excitement at breakfast. Apparently around 3 in the morning. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. I cannot pronounce that, so we're going to stop there. Sounds I probably funny. could if I like looked it up earlier. That but was I- funny. <laughs> oh, oh, is the e- Ethiopian uh, dragon? It's not Ethiopian though. That's not how that's spelled. Is it not? I, <laughs> I listened to the audiobook. I thought they said Ethiopian in the audiobook. Yeah, it is. Just, it just has an A at the um, beginning. Oh, like Ethiopian or something. Mm-hmm. A different Ethiopia. A different Ethiopia. Who knows how many there are. You know? I'm sure someone does. <laughs> Rhetorical question, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sure someone does. All right. Welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week, we will be discussing chapters three and four of Battle of the Labyrinth. We play tag with scorpions, and Annabeth breaks the rules through the same theme of secrets. The theme of secrets. <laughs> so fun. And this week, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, YouTuber, Emma Bergland of Fan City Central. Would you like to introduce Ooh. yourself? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. This is so much fun. I reread Percy Jackson during quarantine, and it's just the absolute best to jump back into it. So I'm super excited to be here. Yay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do? Yeah, so um, I have my own YouTube channel um, for fandom entertainment, basically. So I do celebrity interviews and cover fandom um, books, movies, TV shows, mostly TV shows like the CW and Netflix and things. And um, I also have an Etsy shop where I sell some PJL merch plug. Um, And uh, yeah, so I just love chatting with people of all things fandom and entertainment. You also, I have to say, have one of my favorite Instagrams. Your Instagram is one of the prettiest, <laughs> the prettiest things I've ever seen. It's just very well curated. Thank you so much. I love doing like fandom flat lays. That's been one of my best things. Um, this year, I did a TikTok about a Percy Jackson flat lay that I did, and it just like absolutely took off. And it was so much fun to find that fandom again and and be in that again with everyone um so yeah thank you I appreciate that I take a lot of time to do those flowers (laughs) (laughs) and also uh before we jump into the chapters we have one question for you that we ask every guest on our podcast who is your godly parent okay of course so I okay growing up I definitely remember I wanted to be a Poseidon kid and I feel like that's wanting to be a Gryffindor which I actually am a Gryffindor but (laughs) um I took the official quiz, as you do, and I am actually a child of Aphrodite. Oh, and yes. I, I'm okay with that. I wasn't when I first found out about it, but then I read Heroes of Olympus, and of course, our girl Piper is amazing. So yes, I love yes. it. I embrace it now. Yes, join the team. We've had <laughs> a lot of Aphrodite. Uh, All of our guests are chosen. Really. Yeah, it's really oh, wild. Because Brayden, yeah. you're an Aphrodite, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. What are you guys? I'm Apollo. Okay. Um, I'm Zeus, but I also have a main character complex, so. <laughs> <laughs> so 
But I still Girl, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. All right. I think it is my turn to summarize this week. Does someone want to it is pull indeed. up the timer of dread? I can try. <laughs> <already> want it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, why am I forgetting? It's 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Every week it's been 30 seconds. I know. <laughs> I think about Arcane Chronicles one where we did a different amount of time. Oh, you're right. I think um, yes, we did but also we haven't done that in literally weeks, <laughs> yes. months. If if people subscribe to our Patreon, we will we will get we'll back into do doing them. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's what okay. you want to see. True plug. Um, I have it. So whenever you're ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right. So the beginning of these chapters, uh, they're um, competing in a thing in the forest. Uh, they they have to hunt these scorpions down and get their laurels off their backs, but. Um, Percy and Annabeth fall into a hole and Percy's like, where are we? But it's very obvious they're in the labyrinth because they talked about that like not that long ago. And everyone's like, oh wait, Percy, they're in the labyrinth. Um, and then they get out and they're like, oh, Annabeth has to go on a quest and she goes to the Oracle and gets a prophecy and someone's gonna die. Okay. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty thorough. You did a lot in the last second and time between when it ran out and when the sound started playing. <laughs> I had a hard time remembering, like, the beginning of, like, what, what happened before the, the Scorpion game. And so I, yeah. I, could, I couldn't get kick it off well. But yeah, I want to okay. fill in the holes of what I forgot. <laughs> I don't... I think you kind of have most of it. You got, like, the main points i actually also don't really remember the beginning of three because it, it feels like none of it mattered until they started playing the game <laughs> that's really yeah real. that's kind of true <laughs> except for like grover was talking about grover it's was just, freaking out like and that's that was just kind of it surprise surprise yeah <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing but like surprise surprise surprise, surprise. yeah, yeah oh, especially okay. just them keeping the secret and grover freaking out in the cast Yes. yeah oh i think something important though not like plot wise but like development wise is the annabeth coming and sitting at the table and everyone's like mm -hmm. you're not supposed to sit at the table yeah she's like, this is i don't a care stupid fucking rule i don't understand <laughs> the only sitting with your cabin <laughs> rules um, yeah it's really yeah. dumb it feels very reductive to me because percy's alone <laughs> let, yeah. let other people sit with him this poor boy yeah all right that people <laughs> <laughs> Ava, do you have songs for us this week for I our, do. our Battle of the Labyrinth playlist? They're so questionable. So questionable. I love a was, questionable choice. It was, <laughs> I'm so glad you do because I have two of them. Um, <laughs> it was hard to like pick songs that were like ominous. You know what I mean? Because both of these chapters just felt very, very ominous. So yeah. For the most part, these are kind of just the vibes of the production of the songs. It's not necessarily a lyrics thing. Maybe it has to do with like a scene in the chapter. Okay. So for chapter three, I have I Know Places by Taylor Swift. Um, because okay. technically they do know a place. It is the labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> and what a way to get there. Well, I respect it. Yeah, I respect it. Because I can see it. 
Because also they started talking about how, um, how like if they went on the quest first and they explored the labyrinth immediately, um, Luke and Luke's army would not be able to find them or follow them. Like if they did everything first, they wouldn't be able to get in their way. So that's also how I got there. Like the, they are the hunters. We are the foxes. That was also kind of a thing. Um, so like that, that, yeah, that was my rationale for that one. Um, and so for chapter four, I picked home by ZZ Ward and like, it's, it's questionable in the sense of like, it only relates to one scene and it's the scene where it's like um, Percy hugs Annabeth and it's like very much like the song is basically like um, when nobody believes me, I know you will like when nobody can see me, I know you will, etc. cetera. Um, and like how another, how another person is essentially your home and like, they're just so comfortable with each other and they're so like deeply invested in each other's lives you know so I think um they're very much each other's like home person so I think there's that along with it it is in a fun little funky key and it's 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 fun um so it did give me a little bit of ominous more dark vibes but at the same time it had that really sweet element that I liked so yeah those are my two um they're questionable but they're fun so <laughs> oh I love them this I enjoy so far is much more out of pocket than the last one though <laughs> it's just wild <laughs> yeah but I, I love it I feel like the twisting and turning of the playlist reflects the twisting and turning of the labyrinth Ooh, wow. <laughs> you know we you can get there. pulled that out of no way <laughs> that is the byline of this podcast like that <laughs> pulled that out of nowhere speaking of pulling things out of nowhere what did we forget about these chapters there was something what like about Quintus or whatever his name is that's fair I forgot he was as involved as he was yeah like he showed up out of nowhere is that what you're talking about I don't know we just are like are listing through things that when when we reread the book, we're like, oh, we didn't remember that this happened. Uh, oh, because I it's, can't it's been lie. a while since that we re- reread these books. Mm-hmm. As I've said, the beginning of the Battle of the Labyrinth is something that is not not up here. It's not like Titan's Curse, though. I straight up did not remember any of Titan's Curse other than like the major plot points. I didn't um, either. That's so I remember them really. falling into a hole because it caused like a fear for me for a while. <laughs> fear of falling into holes just like it was like i don't know it scared it spooked me for no reason like i considering i was very convinced that like this was all going to happen to me one day when i was like when i was 10 i was like clocks a tick in before this happens to me like this is what my (laughs) life is going to be um i definitely was like very spooked by that but there's a lot of things in these books i'm not very good with things like that I do really like that essentially what you're telling me is that all of the scary shit that happens in these books, like whatever, monsters, whatever, the giant scorpions, whatever, that also caused fears. For- but that hole, that they hole also that they fell in. Fears. They also caused fears for me, but like those aren't very funny. <laughs> so I don't really, like everyone was probably a little spooked by the whole monster trying to kill you thing, but like 
That's so yeah. I feel like it's you a little you redundant to mention it. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's it's not as funny as helicopters, but stop! I'm not actually scared of helicopters. <laughs> oh, I have to explain myself again. No. <laughs> We're gonna bring it up every single season. We'll find a way. I forgot. So I know last week we met Juniper again, and I said I forgot about Juniper. But once again, I forgot about Juniper. <gasps> Me too. Because no, I, I forgot that she she was such an active person in in the. That's what I forgot about her. Because she yeah. doesn't. Really no, show I remember her being later. active. But she's she's a queen. Come on, guys. You can't forget about Juniper. Yeah. She is lovely. I, I wish I had remembered her. Oh, voice. she's lovely. Ten out of ten. Forgot about her. <laughs> <laughs> she is great, but like I completely forgot about her existence and her role. <laughs> no, she's yeah. she's so she's amazing. I remember her. I, I I mean I definitely when I first read her about it, I was like, oh yeah, she's in this book. Like I just forgot this was the book that she shows up in, but then I remembered that she has a pretty big role in it at least in the beginning yeah there was a part oh my god she's funny too there was a part this might kind of make a reprise as like my little this ass moment that I choose but she was like Grover had a crush on a blueberry bush once and I didn't know what to do that was so funny (laughs) yes oh Oh my god I do I do like that she implied at all that Grover might be cheating on on her Grover has not a cheating bone in his body. Never. No. Never. This man is too nice. Our boy is a straight up Hufflepuff. He's not he cheating is. on anyone. He really <laughs> is. Oh, I love right. Grover so much. Rights for one man. God. Yeah. Yeah, rights for one man. And it's great. Only He's one not even a full best. man. Not even. That's why. <laughs> He's the exception. <laughs> that's so funny. <sighs> I forgot um I forgot that this was this is like kind of weird to explain but I forgot that this was the part of the book where like the whole ghost king concept came up um like I thought that term itself was brought up in the last Olympian um but also when I think about the plot it makes a lot of sense obviously I just don't always have the common sense considering I do forget a lot of this book. <laughs> I do, yeah. There's a lot I don't remember. I also didn't remember that it was now that they fell into the hole. So I do have to say, like, shit started immediately. Yeah. Well, like it's the same thing with the Titans Curse. Like, we're done with exposition. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The Sea of Monsters and Lightning Thief, especially, but like the Sea of Monsters was also still like the beginning was explaining to you like why we're here and what we're doing. Um and now they just hit the ground running because they assume you know. Like, we're four books in. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need any more exposition. Like, we remember who we're talking about. I do like that he, Rick Riordan likes to do the thing where, like, at the beginning of each book, he, he reminds you of the rules of the world. Um, mm. And I think he di- has done it the best so far in Battle of the Labyrinth because it's very casual. I agree. But there, there are moments where, like, I know this. Thanks for reminding me. But the way they're brought up was very natural and I like how he uses it to further like Percy's development in a way because it's now like Percy recounting like oh yeah the labyrinth I know what that is and then everyone's like actually you don't really but you it's like the one thing I do remember is that things move around yeah 
<laughs> they're like pat on the back. Nice try. <laughs> Is there anything else we forgot? I think I'm good. That's all I had. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. Then we will take a second to go to. I'm gonna re-say that. That was bad. <laughs> uh, all right. Then take a second to listen to this ad, and then we will talk about the themes. And we're back. All right. Where did we see the theme of secrets in this book? Chapters. The chapters of this book. <laughs> I'm gonna say both these chapters are like just full on secrets. That's it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, especially with Annabeth, and we start seeing her close off, uh, which is something she does all the time. But yeah. this one, I think, is the first book where we really see her like fully shoulder all of that on her own, like with a big secret. And it's so sad. Just let everyone in, girl. <laughs> For real. Yeah, An- Annabeth has always been very guarded and closed off as a person. She very much presents herself to the world in a certain way. She plays the the smart, tough girl, and she is, but she doesn't like showing her vulnerability at all. And And we get more of that, and we get at the end of the chapter, she doesn't want to tell anyone the end of the prophecy and she's like I don't remember and we're all like yeah you do like we know <laughs> yeah you do girl but I, I do like that she doesn't tell Percy everything but we're seeing a lot more of that Percy Annabeth connection in mm-hmm. these chapters I agree where it's like I I don't want to tell everyone but I, I will tell you um and that's an interesting thing about secrets are a currency they're a way of showing your connectivity with people. They're like, this is something that I'm not going to tell anyone, but I will tell you. Yeah, for sure. That's very real. Well said. And I feel like we see that, especially with Clarice. Um, because it's, it's it's interesting because I have to, like, I feel like we have to think about her in a different way because there's a difference between a secret and, like, a specific, like, literary pov where it's like she is simply a side character from percy's perspective so maybe there are more people who know um what happened to her and what happened to chris and her involvement with chris than like percy suspected but like to him it was perceived as sort of this whole secret side of her um that he didn't know about but also he he really does push her into a box in his head i think um so I don't necessarily know if like it's a secret or more of just a truth that he saw as a secret in his narrative. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it was really interesting regardless. And because it's, it's all about knowledge, like everything's a secret until you find out about it, right? Like, yeah, not even that like the, the labyrinth entrance isn't hiding itself. No one's hiding the entrance from anyone, but it's a secret simply because they don't no, it exists and then yeah they, that's like they're very frail things secrets is that like once they are so powerful and then once they're known they lose all of that power yeah yeah period <laughs> <laughs> we're having the thoughts tonight <laughs> another place that we see secrets all the time in these books is with Chiron. 
please. I guess. Don't do this to Ava. Because I agree with you, but I don't know if we can just... Like, I don't really defend him as actively as I used to anymore, but I still really would like to hear a good case for this. Chiron, like, this isn't even, like, necessarily a bad thing about Chiron. Chiron understands the power of knowledge. For sure. the power of keeping things secret. He doesn't tell anyone anything until he believes that they're ready to know and that, like, the world is ready to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is a good thing in some cases. I think Chiron's main priority a lot of the time is to not traumatize children before they have to be. Exactly, yeah. But there's a lot of fallibility in the way that he does that because the people who he's hiding secrets from, which is often Percy and Annabeth, uh, are not people who won't go looking for those secrets on their own. And he would save them a lot of trouble and trauma if he were to just tell them it in the first place. It's a, it's a hard thing. So I'm not knocking Chiron for this one this time because I see where he comes from. But I also see a, a lot of problems that it causes. For sure. I just think that he also doesn't have much of a choice because even like we see Percy say, I mean, I feel like this is, this is weirdly true across like a lot of fictional universes. But if you say even the name of someone with a lot of power, they know. And like, I feel like if Chiron, considering he does have a lot more power than like, it looks like he has, I feel like if he were to tell like his like young campers things that would potentially help and protect them, um, like in sort of the shorter span of time, I think perhaps like the big sort of like figures that those secrets are about would know. And I feel like that they would come and try to harm them. So I feel like he's trying his hardest to protect at all times, even though it's really difficult because like he can't always discipline them. And like, that is for sure. That's probably a character flaw. Like I think he probably is a little too peaceful for his own good. Um, But I think that, like, it's such a tough situation. And I think, like, he often can't say stuff just because, like, he doesn't know, like, who's going to hear him and, like, who's going to know that he said it and then come looking for the wrong people. So, like, that's just why I've kind of always defended Chiron because, like, I feel like he's just in this impossible position where, like, he does his best to protect people. But, like, he wields so much power and, like, it's scary to manage, you know? I love that. I think that's like it's like when you talk about the gods. Like for me, I've always found that Chiron was the most defendable out of all of them. I agree. Because, like I truly think he has the best interest at heart for the kids. And sometimes I think maybe Poseidon, maybe, but it is like a really interesting thing to talk about because like it, it's sort of like Dumbledore and Harry Potter. Like they kind of know what's going to happen. They can't necessarily intervene so you kind of understand where they're coming from but you're also like but that's really bad like I don't it's it's such a gray area I love the way that that is written for all of those characters because it's not really you you can't fully be on team good or team bad the whole time because it's I think it would be really tough for them so I really like that discussion too because I think it's so interesting the way that Rick wrote those characters Yeah, yeah I so agree it, it makes me think about, um, I don't know if this happens in, in the Harry Potter books or movies, 
but I or both. But when Snape says like, "Oh, you're raising the child for slaughter," is something that you can think about with with Percy and Chiron as well. And it's it's a hard thing because, yes, in a way, Chiron is is raising and preparing Percy to die. Yeah. But it's it's a reality. He didn't put the reality forwards. He can just do the best he can to prepare him for that. So even though he knows that this prophecy is maybe about Percy, at this point, it's not necessarily about Percy because it'll be about Nico. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it is about Percy. Yeah. Um, but like, this is the best he can do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's like, they can't really stop it, right? So it's a little bit yeah, like, it's a total gray area, so I do like talking to people about it, because I always find it's very interesting where everyone's opinions lie, because I don't think it's ever one-sided of anything, it's just... For sure. And then in both situations, which I'm sure, because it's a fictional universe, it ends up fine, <laughs> like, okay, they had to die, but they didn't really die, you know, like, they had to die to sacrifice themselves, and then, like, but, but like, that's such an interesting way of looking at things, too, um, so yeah, I love I love that discussion. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I feel like I <laughs> I feel like sort of the other like Ryord inverse um like podcasters have such strong feelings, like such <laughs> negative strong negative feelings about Chiron and I'm like I would just really? like Really? I love him. And I no I know. I mean, I feel like he definitely messes up, but I'm oh, like 100%. Yeah. But I'm like he just doesn't deserve like a ton of slander in my eyes and he never has. I'm, I'm on your team Ava I'm with you Thank I don't God. think and, and like there are definitely character flaws for sure but that's also what makes them so interesting is to talk about oh, the gods sure. and tyrant and everything yeah. they're not fully good or fully bad it's just that's what makes the myth so interesting yeah I don't think Chiron is a bad person <laughs> I don't think he's a bad character I can't speak for Brayden because I feel like Brayden might have a little <laughs> more intense of a feeling than me but like I think that my opinion on Chiron has been so swayed only because when I originally read these books, I was like 11 yeah. and I was like, he is like such a helpful person and he's like guiding them. He's like this good figure and rereading them as like an adult. I'm like, holy fuck, these are kids. <laughs> like you need to like help them more. Like they're kids. Like, cause I didn't have an idea when I was, re- I was there younger than they are in these books when I was reading them and now that I'm older than they are I was like I can't do anything when I was 13 like what so I feel like that's the only reason that like maybe we have a little bit of a harsher opinion towards him because like I definitely did not see his faults when I first read these books and now that I have been that age and then some it's like really surprising how he treats these literal children when they're trying to like when they're in such serious situations um but, you know, he's not a bad person. It's definitely very serious circumstances that, like, everyone's allowed to mess up. So, yeah. I always forget how young they all are. Like, even when I read yeah. Harry Potter and Percy Jack, I'm like, 11? Like, <laughs> no, you're, like, at least 14. Like, it's just so weird. It's like, oh, every, I know. every time we, we start another book, we're like, they so live, little. Like, yeah. Like, like, they're going to age up, like, super fat. Like, they're always a lot younger than than is expected and I feel like with the, the Chiron thing it's it's hard because like I understand what he's doing and then I'm like but they're so so little like he he tries a lot to both protect their innocence 
and prepare them to be monster killing machines. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's that's not a dichotomy that can be accomplished. And I think that's the problem. I think Chiron is trying to accomplish something that can't be accomplished. I agree. And, and I think, I think just, that's why it's frustrating to watch his actions sometimes. Yeah. And like it just makes it all the more difficult that like he probably can't say things about the gods or the titans because they'll know and they'll hear and like it's oh it's just impossible i think it would be really frustrating to be him and and that always takes me back to like this is further in the book so i won't talk about it too much but like the hermes thing because i think that that it's just what 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 could you do like you would want to do something but then you can't so it's I think it would be extremely tough to be any of those those characters. Yeah, yeah. It's a, Ky- Chiron kind of toes the line between uh, yeah. gods and demigods because the gods can't intervene, and then Chiron can, but like also to an extent, kind right? Of can't. Like yeah. he's. It's very unclear what like rules Chiron is subject to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. And thinking of of Chiron and what secrets Chiron has I (laughs) might just be forgetting what is revealed in the book later but does Chiron know if who Quintus is I can't remember either (gasps) I can't remember all right we're all great fans it's I mean, just such a little I detail like, i feel like he would but i, I feel like he I, I thought he did but then reading these chapters it really doesn't seem like he does well he he knows something he know, you oh, can he tell knows, he knows something he knows something more yeah. but i don't think it is that he is daedalus because just oh. when they're talking about daedalus and the labyrinth it's chiron i feel like would there we would see chiron and could just be like do 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 a lot more than than we do like Chiron is very like I really don't know what could have happened to Daedalus Ben Quintus is silent yeah maybe he knows but he doesn't want to tell Quintus that he knows I really don't remember that is true I also don't yeah. know if, like Chiron knows and, like they each think it's a secret from each other yeah mm. it's very interesting Yes. I remember being so surprised at that when I was a kid. I was like, wait, what? He's who? I know, the biggest reveal. It feels a little <laughs> obvious now. We've <laughs> already read it now. That's true. A, a, lot, a lot of the I things... Mean, in... Yeah. Mrs. O'Leary was the best part for me, though. Mrs. I O'Leary that. in these chapters. Oh, right. 10 so, out child. of 10. 20 out of 10. Yeah. Percy and his dog. And when Tyson's playing with her. Yes. So cute. Oh, I'm so excited to have Tyson back. I'm really excited to have this this the full quest team here for this book. Uh, the Tyson and Grover, Annabeth, Percy, all together going into the labyrinth. I'm so excited. Um, and and I know we get like Nico come back soon. Um, My son. <laughs> thinking of Nico. <laughs> That's the the other big secret in these chapters is Percy and Annabeth and Grover knows too, right? I don't think they told him in these two chapters. He does. Yeah, I don't think the three of them knew at the end of the last book. So the Percy, Annabeth, and Grover all know that Nico is a son of Hades. Oh, yes. And they won't tell Chiron and that's interesting like it's an interesting 
like is this a secret that they should be keeping i don't know yes because we love nico <laughs> i mean i guess at this point we don't know that yet but at this point like percy is under the impression that nico was like out for him <laughs> yeah to be dead yeah. which like isn't true at all yeah but like in that moment, like, Percy's probably trying to keep it quiet because he's trying to figure out how he's going to, like, stop him. Because, <laughs> like, Percy's literally the only one who knows that Nico's on this, like, hunt to get someone who's cheated death to bring back Bianca. Yeah. So yeah. that's a secret that, like, literally only Percy knows. Well, he, he tells Annabeth. He tells Annabeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... <laughs> Like, this so is one far, of the- I love like I forgot that happened I remember last week we talked about how we forgot that happened and I love that because it's so far from the truth <laughs> that it's like I know yeah. it's like really dramatic in the beginning like oh my god he's gonna do like Nico's evil now and then he like gets into hell <laughs> so, I do like- love um I guess spoilers for Heroes of Olympus but um I do love reading the book backwards now that like just knowing that Nico has a crush on Percy this whole time and like the that influencing his decisions um I agree but, but also it makes me think of like so yeah Chiron questionable but Percy also questionable with his secrets this is like the one thing that you gotta tell Chiron like I guarantee you this this whole mm. Nico situation would pan out better if they told Chiron and Chiron could be like oh yeah we gotta find him like, I'm sure, like, they all want to find Nico, obviously. But Chiron would, would that would be number one issue on the list. Yeah. But, but, but like you were saying, though, if he did tell Chiron, would What's-His-Face hear that from Don and Tartarus? Like, is that why they don't say things? Out like, because if the gods are listening to Chiron, like, if people are around him, would... Like, is that why? Like, I don't know. I just, it is interesting. I it's very know. unclear the, like... Yeah, I feel like we're at the gods wins a lot. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Like, we really have no idea how much they hear, how much they don't hear. The levels yeah. of omnipotence that they have. Yeah. Very I agree bad. with you, though. If he told him, it would definitely probably have gone better <laughs> than it did. And it turns out fine, but... They have cake in the end. It's fine. <laughs> you do have cake in the end. It all ends up okay. Yeah. Everything's better when you have cake. You're right. That's true. Any other places we saw secrets? I'm good. I just want to talk about Clarice, <laughs> but I'm done. Oh, I actually wait. You I just satisfied. About, I want to talk about Clarice a little more because I don't okay. talk about her enough. I just, I think there. It's interesting how Annabeth and Clarice have this little like friendship that has blossomed over. I love it. I literally love it. (laughs) It's so unexpected, but so good, especially because the beginning of these books for female characters is very much like they're one of the boys, so they're like okay. That is very very much Nick uh, Nick. Rick, Rick's <laughs> early idea of what feminism is, like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do really like seeing our first like strong like two female friendship. 
occurring between Annabeth and Clarice, who are often pitted against each other, or in the movies combined to be the same person. Yeah, we don't even talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree. I love their friendship, and I love that we got to see a different side of Clarice in these chapters, because this is when I actually started so liking her. Um, because, yeah, growing up, she was just the bully and whatever. And then we get to see way more of her character develop throughout the rest of these books, which is amazing. And all her friendships with Annabeth and Selena and everything. So um, I appreciated um, that. Yeah. Oh, this is another small detail. I really liked when they did the, like, pairing up and they're like, Selena Beauregard and Charles Beckendorf. And I was like, aw. <laughs> My heart. I was like, Beckendorf is very happy about that. And I was like, stop. Right. That was so cute. It hurts. It's too soon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Is it time for a sass moment? I already kind of said mine. The blueberry bush one. I think it's so funny. <laughs> it is funny. Mine is the beginning of chapter four. Uh, so I'm, I will read it. Uh, Chiron has insisted we talk about it in the morning, which was kind of like, hey, your life's in mortal danger. Sleep tight. Yeah. <laughs> I did also pick that. <laughs> it's very good. I really love how it really connects to our conversation that we just had. <laughs> no, I yeah. agree. That was the biggest thing that made me angry about him in these chapters. It was like, yeah. we could have done this one now. <laughs> That's true. I do agree. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I think mine has to be also a Juniper moment uh, is when the difference between Percy's reaction to Juniper and Annabeth's reaction to Juniper when she comes up. So are you guys busy? And he's like, well, we're in the middle of this game against a bunch of monsters and we're trying not to die. And then Annabeth goes, we're not busy. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> that was very, very, very funny. That. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too. <sighs> Overall, honestly, good chapters for, like, little sass moments. I agree. It was <laughs> Rick is so good at that. He really is. I agree. They were, they were very fun chapters to read, too. Yeah. Very entertaining. Okay. All right. We also have a voice message this week from Sophie, they, them pronouns, and we will listen to it now. Hi, Brayden, Maeve, and Ava. This is a younger listener. Um, I really like the Percy Jackson series. You guys are one of my favorite podcasts, and I was really happy you guys covered the Hercules Disney movie. That is my all-time favorite Disney movie. Um, So, yeah, I was just saying that I I just want to say I really like your podcast, and also... um, do you plan on doing the Heroes of Olympus series? And also, do you have any tips for somebody who is making a podcast with the same type of read-along format? Me and my friend are doing a three chapters a week, actually, uh, thing, because we have, like, a book with... It's called The Unwanted, so it's short chapters and, uh, re- and like, 48 of them. So, anyway, thanks. Bye. Oh, oh my god, so I love those. I, I love, love that. Them. Oh thank my goodness, that's so, so sweet. much, Sophie. Sophie, thank you so much. Ooh. Also, how young are you? I curse a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I do agree. We all do. I think we all do. I really do curse quite often on this series. I do as well. You know, that's what they're here for, right? (laughs) No, well. Well. um, I'm hoping they're not too young. I'm hoping they're not too young. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm Irish. To to answer your first question, yes, we are are planning on doing the Heroes of Olympus series. And then your second question, uh, what advice do we have? Ava Neen, do you have advice for for Sophie? Not particularly. I think um, (laughs) with three chapters, it's nice that, you know, you mentioned that they're short. um, But I'd say what's worked really well for us is sort of having sort of specific segments you know, in which we talk about sort of different things where we talk about our theme and then we talk about sort of like characters that have done particularly well. I think having that kind of organization has been really, really helpful. Um, But also we do end up getting very off topic very easily and that also works for us, you know? So it's, it's really just a matter of like finding what works best for you, I think. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Honestly, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to get off topic because it makes it a lot more genuine and a lot more fun to um, be a part of because obviously you want to have fun while you're doing this sort of thing and it also just going from the podcast I listen to I don't listen to this after we release it listening to my own voice scares me Um, so like but other podcasts that I listen to it just makes it feel so much more genuine in the sense that you feel like you're connected to the people um so if you get crazy off topic, just let it happen. It's okay. You'll get, you'll get, a, you'll get back around to it. It's fine. Like people want to hear you joke about that. Um, especially if you're doing it with your friends, like they want to hear your funny little jokes and things that are happening in your life. Like that, they want, yeah, they want to hear you let yourself get off topic. It's fine. Helicopters and how much we hate New Jersey. Those, <laughs> those things, those things are fun. And it's, it's what makes you different than, than other things. So don't, don't be afraid to show your personality. Um, one other big piece of advice I would give is record early, like record, give yourself a good amount of time between when you record and when you plan to release your episodes. Um, yes. Yeah. Getting yourself on like a good like schedule. Uh, we are not far ahead right now anymore, but uh, recording maybe like a week before your post, like staggering uh, so that you have like episodes banked. So if you get behind, you can be really flexible with recording. Yeah, for sure. If you have the energy and the time, like record three or four episodes in a row <laughs> or like over the like period of a few days and then you have so much more flexibility in the future, especially with school. <laughs> I mean, we're in college and I'm assuming you are not in college, then that's okay. But like, you know, school gets busy. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do this in high school either so consistently so um yeah yeah and also smaller detail uh headphone mics are wonderful (laughs) this is so like this is so like gear specific but like you do not need fancy recording equipment we literally record this on zoom like we use headphone mics they do great um so yeah just plugging in headphones to your computer and using that little mic is honestly so good I know people who use voice memos like on their phones yeah. like you do not need anything fancy trust me yeah and and also send send us a link to your podcast and, and, and yeah so will for sure tune in. we would love to literally plug it like <laughs> give support that'd be so fun yeah. yeah so thank you so much 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Who do we have offerings for this week? I feel like I don't do it much anymore because I haven't had an opportunity to. But it's sad. So I'm going to give one to Clarice because I think like the part, oh my God, it literally was kind of chilling um, where one of the Stroll brothers, I don't remember which one was like, ha ha, you chicken, like you coward. Um, like you don't want to go into the labyrinth, like you little wimp. And then she was like, shut up. Like you don't know what's down there. And like, she literally was like, had to relive it, like terrifying. Um, and I don't think anyone should ever have to go through that, even though we're about to see people go through that. Like it just, I think the way Rick wrote it, it just brought up something very visceral. I was like, oh my God, like this poor girl, you know? So I, I feel really bad for her. And it was also sort of impressive that she was vulnerable in front of the Stoll brothers and such. So yeah, mine's for her. That was a very good choice. I like that. Yeah. Brayden, I'm deciding between two. So would you like to go? <laughs> I, I would like to go. My offering this week is for Juniper because Juniper cares so much about Grover and she really just like wants what's best for him. And she's like, he doesn't like going underground. Like, please remember that. And I also, she's presented at first as like very innocent, just there to help Grover. And then like we find out at the end that like she's kept some stuff to herself, like the Quintus stuff. Like she is also playing her own little game. And I, she very much knows what she wants and what she needs and also cares a lot about the people in her life. And therefore, my offering is for Juniper. Period. A good choice. Love that. I will go next then because my offering would go to Grover this week. <laughs> because my son is going down in those labyrinths and that <laughs> he's not happy about it. And I'm very proud of him for stepping up and doing that and also he gets to show up for juniper so i'm i'm very excited for him and i i would give my offering to him because i know how much he hates the caves plus he has to go with tyson so yeah oh my god them not liking each other was was very funny but also very sad it was so sad it was so sad it was so sad i for that is something i did forget about that i forgot to mention um so i'm going to give mine to annabeth uh, because she finally gets her quest. It's yeah. all, all she's wanted. And it is like, go kill your friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just so sad that her first quest, like, I'm ha- like, yay, she gets a quest. But her first quest is like, so like, go into this scary ass place that you have seen your like friends come back traumatized from and like possibly go kill your other friend that you thought you already killed last book but turns out surprise he's still alive after surviving that fall um it's just it's very sad circumstances for something she's always wanted and she's definitely gonna need a lot of strength in the upcoming chapters so I give it to Annabeth I love that yeah this was a good round, I think, of offering. I do agree. And th- that brings us to who did bad this week? Who do we vote off the island? Uh, I I would like to give my vote uh, in conjuncture with, with Ava's offering. And mine's the Stoll Brothers. Oh. I don't remember which one does it. <laughs> so it's both of them. Um, <laughs> and just that w- 
uncalled for. Uncalled for. It really, and it triggered a really awful moment for Clarice, and so take a fucking seat. I agree. I I don't want to like hop on that, but like I kind of. I also want to hop on that. (laughs) Yeah, like I want to second that because I I really do agree, and like since I do love Clarice so much, and I always have, like anyone who sort of comes for her in a way that is not like justified makes me angry (laughs) so I think this is one of those times I find the kid's name because I would oh Malcolm that's who that's who I would vote off the island because he interrupted our purse of F moment (laughs) what a good choice okay I'll hop on that then because I was like who else did bad but that's like really good point that's really good I was like I'll jump on the Stoll Brothers too but I want another answer and I was like yeah Malcolm get out I agree I agree good choice the Stoll Brothers and Malcolm can all take a seat yeah they really can they did not do well (laughs) that's so funny all right folks that is all for this week join us next week where we will be joined by the voice from the Half-Blood Report, Sam and Diego, and we will be talking about... Chapters 5 and 6, Nico buys Happy Meals for the Dead, and we meet the god with two faces through the theme of choices. Make sure to follow us on all of our social medias. We're at Return to Camp on any platform that matters. And we have a Patreon and a Redbubble store and a website, returntocamp.com. Yeah. Emma, would you like to plug anything? Oh yeah, you can find me at Fan City Central TV on Instagram, Fan City TV on Twitter, and Fan City Central on YouTube. And I just talk all things entertainment, so I'd love to fangirl with anyone. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being here. coming! I'm so excited for the TV show, too. <laughs> yeah! Oh, Aren't for we sure. All? For sure. <laughs>